0: The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises Hello, my friend, and welcome to another episode of Negotiate Anything. Thanks for spending time with us today. If you answered yes to both of those questions, visit our website to learn more about our negotiation workshops. We've traveled the country working with professionals just like you, and we'd love to have the opportunity to work with you, too. Check out the link in the description to learn more. Monique, thanks for joining us today.
1: Hi, thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, it's my pleasure. I was on your show, and that was a pleasure and an honor to have you on ours. So how would you get us started by telling us a little bit about yourself and what you do?
1: Absolutely. As an executive coach, I actually support people in being the best versions of themselves in the workplace. So working with individuals to strengthen their leadership skills and or um, just really help them excel in their professional self. In addition to uh, really serving as an executive coach, I'm also a Gallup certified strength coach, and I am a coach trainer for people who are interested in becoming coaches um, or professional coaches. And in particular, I'm affiliated with the International Coaching Federation. So wear a lot of different hats, a lot of different times and love it. And I really, I think um, what helps to tell the story of what it is I'm doing now is my prior life was, um, I do have a background in corporate strategy and marketing from the other university up north, which I don't think I'll be allowed to say the name of, where I have my MBA. Um, And so having a background, having worked in uh, senior administration, marketing, sales roles, um, I know firsthand what it takes for being successful in particular in large organizations, which is really honing in on the group that I most often serve. Absolutely. And let the listeners know about your podcast too. So, well, and thank you for asking. The podcast is Tuesdays with Coach Mo. And really the rationale as to uh, what prompted me in moving into the podcast space is for the majority of 10 years, I've been coaching mid-career professionals. And one of the things I found is people have gotten to this stage in their profession. They're very qualified to do what it is they do in the technical skills. However, the challenges underneath their proficiency as a leader has really been developed by habits, let's say, and habits that haven't served them well, which makes it hard for them to pivot to be more effective, right? And so by working with younger professionals to support them in developing those leadership competencies earlier in their career will support them in being more effective as they ascend in the organization. So the podcast is geared primarily for high achievers in the workplace. And I'm really honing in on young professionals. I
0: love it. Yeah. And everybody mm-hmm. check out that show. It's a fantastic podcast. And really, that's what we're talking about now too, with um, coaching skills for mm-hmm. leaders. How can they use coaching to be better leaders? And so really sell us on that. Why is it so important for them to understand that skill set?
1: So terrific question. And, and if I may, let me just offer a statistic to help kind of bring to light the importance and the relevance uh, for this topic. The Gallup organization and some of body of some of their most recent research put out a book called It's the Manager, um, came out last year. One of the things that was conveyed from the research, and we've heard time and time again about poor engagement. Engagement level is so low, in particular here in the U.S. in the workplace. Well, what they've done now is quantify that. And that the cost of poor management here in the U.S. rests somewhere between 960 billion and 1.2 trillion for those employees who are actively disengaged, and that it is costing us here in the U.S. So it's critical; it's really mission critical that um, managers are better prepared in their roles, and that. Um, because you oftentimes you hear, well, why did you leave that last role? Most people are saying, oh, because of my boss. Because of bo-, you know, poor management skills. So I want to be a contributing factor to strengthening the effectiveness of managers in the workplace and developing their leadership competencies.
0: That makes a lot of sense. And so I'm excited to get into this. And so listeners, you know how the format goes. Uh, We're going to focus on three main things in this topic. So the first one is going to talk about how we can improve our level of self-awareness as a coach and a leader. So that's a little bit different from just general self-awareness. So we're going to get into that and talk about how important it is to um, learn this as a leader. Uh, Mm -hmm. The next thing is understanding the strengths of the people on your team. And then the third one, I think, is the one that I'm most excited about. And that is understanding how those strengths interact. And so those contrasting strengths. And so this is really great for picking your team, putting people together, understanding who would work well with who. And so this is going to be great, Monique. So let's jump in with self-awareness. Where should we start?
1: Awesome. I think, I believe it was... um... Whitney Johnson, and Whitney has been with uh, Harvard, she has her own consulting company now. And she mentioned, and I love this, she wrote a book on disruption, you know, following the S curve, and that we all are riding up on an S curve throughout our professional journey. But she says the best way to manage through disruption is to disrupt yourself. And that so resonated with me, disrupting yourself, because however you go about doing that, such that you can unhinge from the comfortable, well, what you know um, is, well, how you've always done it, and that may not be working for you, (laughs) um, is to disrupt yourself and to kind of step back and to tap into some resources to help you expand your awareness of what is working, what's not, where you want to make the shifts, okay? And this is work that really takes time um, and the mindset of wanting to be more effective, to be more productive in your role. So really this sense of disrupting yourself so that you can get better at what it is you're doing and where it is you're going. Yeah, most of us, um, in particular in, in large organizations, you don't sign up for a job to want to just stay in that job, right? You want to advance, you want to get promoted. And so my question to my clients is what are you willing to do to do what it takes to get that advancement, to get that promotion? Because um, nothing's being handed out last I knew and that you have to work for it. And so even speaking to um, When you're being considered for the next role, when you can even speak to how you are aware of yourself and your leadership um, competencies, but how you are evolving as a leader and setting the mark, setting the role for those who will be on your team.
0: Right. And, and so it sounds like when it comes to this self-awareness, first we need to understand our strengths, then we need to understand our weaknesses. And once we get a better understanding of that, now we know where to put those strategic disruptions. Is that right?
1: Okay. So I'm going to push you a little bit here, Kwame, <laughs> because I'm a firm believer. Maybe I've been drinking a lot of the Gallup strength Kool-Aid, <laughs> but in, strength, uh, in Gallup strength world, the work they've done in terms of emerging your dominant talents, those things that um, contribute to your strengths that provide like near perfect performance. There's a reason there are some that are high on the list. And there's a reason that there are some talents that are low on the list. And the reason that they're low and most folks want to go, cause that's my weakness. And I'd say, no, <laughs> it's because you are short, On talents in that area. You're just kind of depleted in that area. That's just not how you naturally flow. As I was saying to uh, a new client who was onboarding today about her strengths, she said, oh, and I want to talk about my weaknesses. And I said, once we get into working, we're going to probably discover, as with many of my clients, the very thing that makes you strong is the thing that's the weakness. Because when our strengths get in our way, they're not strong. Those talents aren't strong all the time. It's those very things that make you strong that also serve as a barrier.
0: Absolutely, and this is great. I think this is an opportunity first to to remind the listeners, hey, I know you have gotten something out of this episode. (laughs) All right, so if you like this episode, make sure to leave a review and um, shout out Monique, Coach Mo and and, in the review, that'd be great. And subscribe so you get access to our content as soon as it comes out. Does your company invest in professional development training? Our calendar is filling up quickly, and we even have some workshops scheduled for next year. If you think you might want one, I'd suggest reaching out soon so you don't miss out. Check out the link in the description to learn more. And now, back to the show. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing. New currencies come and go. Decades of savings lost in days. We had such deep empathy. We had such a clear ability to... If you want to hear more of Zach Perret's story and the lessons that follow, listen and subscribe to my podcast, Building One. And this is a perfect time for us to segue into the second point, which is knowing the strengths of the people on your team. So Mm -hmm. what is so important about this?
1: Well here's the thing I'm often asked when it really gets into the workplace and with teams. And am I the right, am I in the right job based on my strengths? Well, and Gallup will be the first to say they, that this work has really not been derived or measured to equate to, oh, you have these strengths, therefore you should do this job. Because it really is any job will call and draw from you strengths that are already within you. It's you, you, learning how to move those levers in a way that support you. Now, are you going to be able to apply all of your dominant strengths in one job? That may be somewhat realistic, but let's start by honing in on one or two that will support you in your success in this role, this job that you have now, and kind of start to unpack that. And when this work is done with teams, I've done this with executive boards, leadership boards, they all have then a heightened awareness of one another. Because then you grow an appreciation instead of, oh, you've kind of maybe started building up some disdain for somebody for whatever reason. And then once you start to see, well, that's just how they see the world. Because the talents are those natural thoughts, feelings, and behaviors that people naturally go to. And my little go-to quote is, it's hard to see the picture when you live inside your own frame because it's so natural to you. You think everybody does it, okay? So in getting to know and understand the strengths and the talents of those people that you work with, then it's opening that space for collaboration and more cooperative working relationship. Um, And once you know and understand your talents, then it's the individual's responsibility to determine how they're going to apply, how they're going to build those talents. Right? They don't just magically, just because you have them doesn't mean it's working as a strength. I don't want to take us to school on strength right now. (laughs) But just because you have a talent, that talent says it's in you. It's the baseline. Now your job is to develop it learn about it, study it, be consciously aware of it and your application of it such that it serves you well. Just because you have a talent does not equal a strength. It must be developed over time when you then get the performance results that you want
0: right and and so it sounds like what we need to do here is really invest the time into turning these talents into strengths because like we said in the first one in the first uh, part of the episode we have to have self-awareness we need to understand where our top strengths are and where our lesser strengths are where should we invest this time and so a lot of times what we end up doing is we have that fixed mindset where we say all right this is where i am this is good enough I can't get better. This is just who I am. But what you're saying is we need to, number one, invest in ourselves to get mm-hmm. better. And then on the other hand, invest in learning about the other people on our team so we can communicate and collaborate at a higher level.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly. And an example of that, um, referencing the context that I referenced earlier was um, doing a strength workshop for a team. And the most Tenured employee was dominant in context. So her go to in any new idea was, Well, we did this back in 1995. <laughs> you know, she looked back. We did that and this worked. We did that and this didn't work. And so it was an opportunity for her to recognize how she became kind of known as the, oh boy, here she is, Joy Kill you know, here we're trying to create new programming, new initiatives, do things differently, moving us forward as an organization. And she carried some degree of credibility because she had been there the longest, but that doesn't mean that you're using your, your tools for, for goodness. And I watched as, you know, she continued to Given it, give an example of what happened in the past, what happened in the past. So I was able to bring that to the attention just in the short time I was working with the group. And I asked her, So the team is moving to accomplish X. You've shared your context. Now, how will you use those talents and context and support the go forward? And so she had to come to, Well, I'm probably giving information that doesn't need to be needed. And when she said, and I recognize we're not the same organization. We were 10 She had to come to that versus it would have been very easy for me or someone else in the room to go, we're not that organization. Why do you keep going back? And so this is where we all have to kind of catch a breath, respect someone for who they are, the talents they bring. And okay, we've heard. Thanks. You know, you've shed some perspective. We now have some additional things to, you know, consider moving forward. What then will you do with that context and moving forward as we're trying to get to this new thing? And, you know, she really kind of had to decide for herself, like, there's a limit. Like, okay, I've contexted enough. Now I recognize I'm holding everybody up by doing this. Oh, you don't say. (laughs)
0: <laughs> it, it makes so much sense and I, I think about um I need to take this test I can't yeah. and <laughs> listeners of the podcast that will say well, I mean, last time Lisa Cummings came on the show twice you said it twice you know I, I need to take this test because I'm recognizing that I'm more on the strategy side mm-hmm. um, less on the educate the uh, the executor mm-hmm. um and um it's funny because my dad is the same way Uh, Mm -hmm. but my mom is more of an, uh, on the execution side too. Mm
1: -hmm. So
0: it's really interesting to see how genetically it'll have an impact. And I've learned a lot from the, uh, the, the things that my parents have done well and the things that they could have done better. And then recognizing where that is in me, it helped me to understand who I was on a deeper level.
1: Mm -hmm. Nice. And there, there's no need to deny what your strengths are. It's how are you creating space for some of these other talents around you? And that's the thing when it comes to the workplace and colleagues is some people are have recognized like, oh, I've kind of shot that person down, or I just get exasperated when they open their mouth. I was doing a workshop. There was a young man who was high in learning. His mode of operation, Kwame, was to ask a question just curious George. He's just curious. And he, and everyone reporting what stood out for them in their reports, was so proud of himself telling everybody what a learner he is. And he learns about this and learns about that. I mean, he just has an insatiable appetite to learn. Okay, that's great. And that gets in the way when we're trying to move something forward. Well, and his boss who was sitting across the room like let out the squelch and was like, ah, like it makes sense now. (laughs) Because she thought, that his continuous stream of questions was a tactic or technique to not do what she was asking him to do. (laughs) And she said, oh, I kind of see now he's just, he really is just curious. And he now has the responsibility to know when enough is enough. Or think independently of all your questions for where we're going and bring just that short list in with you because it was really unhinging people and people were, it was kind of creating some feeling toward him. And he was just being himself and he needed to know how to curb it. And that same thing happened for me with my number one uh, theme of positivity early in my career. And uh, I was in sales, downtown Chicago was selling into the financial district, high volume copiers. And I, one time we were the manager, a couple managers, you know, support team were all around the table because we were trying to strategize how to um, save a piece of business that we were about ready to lose. And I was the lead salesperson. Well, in my usual go-to, because it's very natural to me, I made light of something. I just was kind of like, come on, you know, we can do it. I made some comment. Well, after that meeting, my manager pulled me to the side and she's just you know, Monique, we all love your energy and enthusiasm. But at that time in that meeting, it really was out of place. So what I took from that, now I, hadn't, I wasn't familiar with strengths at the time, but it certainly came back to me as soon as I saw number one positivity because I'm just an eternal cheerleader. I was a cheerleading captain. This is what I do. And it's my responsibility how to ebb and flow that. When it's contributing to the productivity of whatever it is I'm working with people on, and when it's getting in the way. So I'm responsible for that. And I really appreciate that manager not literally driving a bus over me because she couldn't believe. Here I am, like, woohoo, we can do this. And everybody's like, we're about ready to lose this multi million dollar account. And you're over here being, you know, cheerleader woman. So um, it was a teachable and coachable moment for me. And she handled it really well instead of, you know, blasting me out in the meeting or saying, here's the important thing, all of you managers lean in, please, as I say this. She coached me in a way that kept me whole. She did not say, don't be positive. She said, manage the, po- the positivity. You're responsible for that. So don't not be who you are. We love those things about you. And it's your responsibility to manage it.
0: This is great. And you can tell I'm I'm taking all of these notes here. This is fantastic. I, well, I really like that.
1: And may I add something? I actually pulled out some of my uh, Clifton strength cards because as Lisa, I'm as well a, a Gallup certified um, strength coach. And I do want your listeners to know if they are looking for someone to support their team. There is actually a Gallup certified strength coach directory. So there are a number of individuals who are certified in this content to work with you and or your teams. Um, Something I thought that uh, may actually really resonate with you, Kwame, Um, you know, when you think about just the finite, as you were talking about even your parents and the differences there. Let me give you just a very, very short example of a contrast. I know this is kind of getting into our third point, but for those who present with a high theme of activator, which in short, is about you just love to get things started, okay? The opposite of that or a contrast to that is intellection. And here's the statements I'll make to reflect that contrast. The activator s- says there's no substitute for action. Someone high in intellection says there's no substitute for thinking.
0: Oh, wow, yeah, and I can see how those... uh contrast. And especially if you have those people on a team together, how that can be problematic if not yep. managed the right way.
1: Yeah. Um, another one, just to illustrate this point, contrasting an includer and harmony. And I say this one because I was just working with someone yesterday on their includer who's at a very high level in an organization that he talks about in a financial capacity that when they're moving forward with some new something new and in innovation, innovative excuse me in finance he gets representatives from all dimensions of the organization around the table and some people are like do we really need you know joe over here and you know pat over here do we really need them at at the table at this early stage well he's high in includer so he just naturally thinks who all can we get around the table so a contrast of includer is harmony so an includer will say i work for the acceptance of those on the outside Uh, harmony is going to say i work for the agreement of those on the inside and so these are not my words i will let you know they are gallup strength words but that's the type of level of content you'll get for anyone who may be listening and have an interest in taking their team through this that gallup certified strength coaches have access to this type of content and that really helps bring it home when you can boil it down to those simple statements
0: Absolutely, and so let's let's stick here with the um, with the contrasting strengths because especially mm-hmm. with that last example, includer versus somebody who is high in harmony. Harmony, right? Um, it's it's like okay, if I'm high in harmony, I just want everybody on the inside to be on the same page, and balance.
1: Then, Think of harmony I like that balance, right?
0: Uh huh. <laughs> yeah, and then the person who's including says, "I want everybody
1: make to be the tent here. bigger."
0: Yes, which can lead to disharmony.
1: Mm -hmm. So uh, how about another one? Sure, yeah. Okay. Futuristic, as I mentioned earlier, always looking ahead, and adaptability. Futuristic would say, I'm so preoccupied with tomorrow that I'm not ready for today. Someone high in adaptability is going to say, I'm so occupied with today, I'm not ready for tomorrow.
0: And so with those two, let's give a practical, practical example of how those two could clash
1: potentially. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, the futuristic, someone dominant and futuristic is thinking about how things can be. They have a tendency to create that picture. They're strong in leadership because they can create a picture to bring others along, in particular when it comes to visioning. And, um, you know, we're going to be the world leader in this, that, and the other. They can find those words to bring others along such that you get up every day knowing that you are doing purpose-driven work that's contributing to someplace you're going. Adaptability is like, yeah, we're going there you know, but today, today's good. I'm going to invest all my time in today. And we've really got to get this thing here today, right? Like I don't have time to think about tomorrow because tomorrow's not here yet. So I just kind of go with the flow. Um, Those who I've coached with high adaptability, their watch out, this is a general statement, this, that I'm just going to make it as an observation, is they stay longer than they really should in situations that aren't serving them well. So in a bad job, with a bad boss, because this adapter tendency is like, let me just get through today. It'll be okay. And they somehow talk themselves into just adapting to what is, yeah, it's not great. It is what it is. And they stay way longer. (laughs) Even though they're calling me to ask about, hey coach, I want to work on getting to a new different opportunity. And then they show up at a recession still kind of at the same place. And it's like, hmm, what do you think is going on there? How is that adaptability strength getting in the way? Remember I said at the top of our time together, sometimes our strengths are in fact our weakness.
0: Right, it makes so much sense. And, and now let's say for the people listening, they, they recognize, okay, I'm recognizing there might be a clash Uh, between my strengths and somebody else's strengths on the team. What do you think is the most important thing for them to consider when it comes to collaborating with somebody on the team who has different
1: strengths? So in considering individuals who have contrasting talents, it begins with the knowledge of just knowing what your talents are. Now, just because it's a talent doesn't necessarily mean it's serving you as a strength yet. Have you really developed it? Are you really owning it? Um, Because with that insight, then that informs your go-forward strategy. I oftentimes have individuals in workshops sit together and put one goal in front of them that are on a team. Compare them up, people with similar themes. Pair up people with different themes. And with that one goal, let them start sorting through. You first. You list yeah, what do you see as the challenges, the opportunities with this goal, etc.? Let the other person. Okay, where then, as with negotiation, are we finding some common ground? Because you have talents that are opposing, guess what? You also have other talents in support of those. So you look at your talents sometimes and how they pair up. They may get amplified. Like in particular, my number one, two, and three are activator, positivity, futuristic. So I get so excited just to get things started. That's a new idea for tomorrow. And it's fun. And then once I kind of get going and things start taking shape, then I'm like, okay, I'm done, like on to the next thing. So I almost need the contrast who's going to keep me, help keep me grounded and say, okay, yeah, I noticed my getting a little impatient is because of my dominant themes is like no longer finding this fun. So what other themes now will I lean on? So when we take a client through their top 34, because they don't work in silos, it's looking at the collection of themes and helping them derive, where else can they lean on that's natural and comfortable for them in order to keep moving the ball forward and meet the goal of the organization. And so individuals with the clarity of their themes are very capable of doing that very capable of doing that but it starts with understanding what it is for you and being transparent in terms of what's working what's not and moving forward
0: it's fantastic I love this and it's so practical and it I is. know the the people who are listening are going to it, going to recognize oh this is an aha moment I understand myself a little bit better I understand the people on my team a little bit better and now we can collaborate and communicate at a higher level
1: and may I take that one step further and you can Engage with your family and friends in a different way because this is, these are, these talents are natural to you. Yes, the strength work and its um, findings and its research is all really about how we show up in the workplace. But the thing is, these natural thoughts, feelings, and behaviors transcend into your personal life as well. So it's who you are. And so sometimes we have to step out of the work having our work hat on and say, okay, just forget about work for a minute. How are your talents showing up amongst your friends, with your spouse, your significant other, with your kids? And let's start there because this is who you are. It's part of who you are.
0: Right. Yeah. And again, you, the, how you have these conversations and how you interact with people and really just these relationships, it's going to have a significant impact. They, they, they will have a significant impact on your quality of life
1: your Mm -hmm. happiness.
0: And it's like we say all the time, uh, the best things in life are on the other side of difficult conversations. And when we recognize that, hey, we can make these conversations easier by developing a deeper Mm -hmm. understanding of ourselves and others through these strengths and talents, I I think we're we're going to take a step in the right direction when it comes to (laughs) collaborating, communicating at a higher level. Absolutely. So before you go, let the listeners know again about the podcast and how they can get in touch with you.
1: Absolutely. Tuesdays with Coach Mo. And Mo is simply those two letters, M-O. I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn. Ah, Facebook is a little bit of a stretch, but they can find me at Tuesdays at Tuesdays with CoachMo.com or MoniqueBetty.com.
0: Fantastic. Thank you again, my friend. This was, this was really helpful.
1: Thanks for having me, Kwame.
0: My pleasure. Congratulations, you've just joined an elite club. By listening to a full episode, you're now officially on the Negotiate Anything team. So welcome aboard. What most team members do is they subscribe to the podcast because that allows them to automatically get the latest episodes of the show. The best things in life lie on the other side of difficult conversations